0: Having nothing, yet possessing everything. Bankrupt, but billionaire. Now, I don't know, anyone know what LinkedIn is? Yeah. It's super annoying, it's the worst. But anyways, it's like, someone's looked at your profile. But anyways, LinkedIn is a place to manage your professional identity and like all social media, it's about lying just enough. So people believe you, (laughs) this guy right here, uh, this is, this is a little joke, but uh, blockchain enthusiast, Cryptocurrency evangelist, inspirer, influencer, chief visionary, serial entrepreneur, founder, philanthropist, empowering something, life coach, father, trendsetter, top 1% of all LinkedIn profiles, speaker, TEDx two times attendee, co-advisor, but the reality, unemployed. (laughs) We like to put our best foot forward. Uh, especially if we're looking for a job, or, or just in life generally, we like to like list up the good things about us. Very interestingly, like I was I was thinking about this, and I was like, huh? I wonder what my resume was like when I applied here. <laughs> you guys want to see it? I, 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 all right, all right. It's takes up the picture is terrible. Like, like I. I'm like, I'm like, first of all, like, if I'm me, like, why, like, I, I cut this picture out, like, my wife is right there. It would have been way better had I had my wife and kids in the picture. People would have been, like, oh, look, you like nice Family Man. It's like, my hair is, like, sticking up in this picture. It's like, I mean, truth in advertising, really, I guess. But, uh, uh, I think it was the first picture that I found, and I just cropped it out and slapped it on there. But, uh, <laughs> I do brag a little in it, like I, I, I was reading through, I'm like, oh, like I'm like bragging a little bit. Like, I'm, I'm trying to sound really humble anyways. I said, our farm has grown to over a, thou- a thousand cows, 5,000 acres, 35 employees. So I'm like, oh, he's a like, business background guy, but anyways, uh, but this is like how we, we, we commend ourselves. We put forward what we think will make people think like, oh, this pretty solid guy, like uh, looking. Good, but Paul in this text like goes so off the charts for how to commend oneself. It's just incredible. And I was thinking to myself as I like, what would like the apostle like recommendation app be called? I'm thinking like apostle up or something. But <laughs> all right, we're gonna start in verse three. I know there's two other verses, uh, and I talked a lot about six one. Uh, appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Two sermons ago, so I won't like recover that area, but we're going to focus on the middle section. Paul says, "We put no obstacle in anyone's way, so that no fault may be found with our ministry." It was very interesting. We, the whole background of 2 Corinthians, people finding fault in his ministry is like the whole thing. Like, there are people criticizing Paul. Paul doesn't care. Paul's bad in this way. Paul's not as good as these really good super apostle people who may have come from Judea who look really impressive. They're like, well, impressive, tall, you know, outstanding people with like fancy LinkedIn profiles or apostle profile, profiles. But, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way. And and I think to myself, like, how, if I'm Paul, how am I commending myself? If I'm Paul, you know, I I would probably, if I'm Paul, I'm going to tell the story from the book of Acts. Where it's just like, oh yeah, wait, who called those people? You know who called me? Jesus Christ called me. That's who. Listen to me. I mean, think that's, that's like what I am doing. But instead, Paul goes 180 degrees in the other direction. Well, mostly. We're going we're to see. I think he commends himself in a way that is both true, humble, and commending himself in Jesus Christ. So Paul commends himself like this. But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way. By great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities. In the original, it's like in afflictions, in hardship, in calamities. Everyone has the same preposition before it. And as we go through this, uh this list, there are sections of three things that all kind of go together. It's like a triad, triad, triad that are all related, which Paul gives the idea. So, the first thing that commends him is afflictions, hardships, and calamities. I imagine the, you know putting this on a resume, it's be like, oh yeah, I've had a really hard time at all of the things that I've done. <laughs> But we know Paul, like when he was called, uh, Ananias, had, had, when, when he was first called and Ananias was, was uh, told by God to heal him, it was said, for I will, sh-, God said, I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. And this has been, if you read the book of Acts, a lot of afflictions, hardships, and calamities. Then he goes on with three more things, beatings, imprisonments, Riots. These are things that happened to him as he's been going on. And these are probably pretty fresh in his mind because Paul has been beaten a lot of times. Five times, 39 lashes, three times beaten with rods. Very recently, imprisonment, he probably was with the Philipp- Philippian jailer not too long ago. And riots, I'm guessing, like if the dates line up, this was pretty soon after. He had to run away from Ephesus because there was a mob started by the silversmiths who were mad at Paul because his preaching was cutting into their idol-making business. I think what a profile page. I'm the guy who gets beaten up and starts riots. I know if you're like starting a, like an insurgency or something, that would be a, a profile page. And maybe a profile page for one more thing, but we'll get into that. Labors, sleepless nights, hunger. Literally, in labors, in sleepless nights, in hunger. And so the last things were three things. They were things that happened to Paul. And these are the things that he kind of did himself. Like, he worked really hard. And it talks about how when he didn't have money, he didn't go begging churches. What he did was he went to his trade and started sewing together leather tents with his hands Sleepless nights. And we know that Paul stayed up late preaching the gospel. There's even a really funny story in Acts about Eutychus. He's preaching and it's getting really late. It's like midnight and Eutychus is in the window and falls asleep and falls down dead and heals the guy. So because Paul was like working that hard preaching. And in hunger, Paul went without adequate food so he could preach the gospel. There's uh, quite a few preachers, and maybe myself, who could use that advice as well. But woe to those who think their fancy car, their rich lifestyle, will be a testimony of Christ. How does Paul commend himself? In every way opposite from the world. This is not happy bragging of a resume, but what it is, is a resume of a man who follows Jesus Christ. Troubles, hardship and distresses, Christ had them first. Christ was beaten, arrested, shouted down by the mob, crucify him, Christ who stayed up late praying, not my will but thine be done. Christ hungry in the desert, tested by the devil, Paul commends himself here, not by the world's standards, but by the standards of Jesus Christ. And woe to the church, woe to the church, if we test ourselves by any other standard. Now Paul commends himself in all of these ways because he shows like this is Christ likeness. Paul's resume is Christ's likeness And we think about Christ's likeness oh, so like Christ's likeness just as like character traits. But Christ's likeness isn't just like character, it, it, it is that. But Christ's likeness is also <clears throat> suffering while trusting God. Paul's resume is he followed in the path of Christ when things were hard. And, and in our own way of thinking, like, we can arm ourselves, with the, arm ourselves with the same way of thinking. First Peter talks about this. That just as Christ suffered, we can suffer too, and we walk in his steps in this. And in some ways, this is the resume of a Christian testimony. Now, Paul doesn't say, like, I did this by the fact that I'm a really good person here because it goes on It shows us the power that this is accomplished in the power of the Holy Spirit as it goes on another triad here three things oh no no this is when it switches to four there's four things so the next for the next set it switches to like four sets of things in verse six by purity knowledge patience kindness and and here like he gets it like the attitude by which he's doing these things and this is this is the attitude that should characterize christian ministry and there's like man in christian ministry like there's a deficit of kindness and patience this is funny like you can read like the pastors that like rise up to the top of the mega churches like, patience and kindness aren't often the characteristics that you hear. It's charismatic leadership, getting things done. And boy, if you've got to break a few eggs to make some omelets, you know, that's just the way the world works. And it's true, it's the way the world works. But it's not the way the church is supposed to work. Church is supposed to work, and you see, like, this, this list here. Like, what does this sound like? It sounds like, well, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Little bit different, but it's the same idea joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. And like this is the list of what Christian ministry and further on Christian character should put forward and strive towards. All, I mean, they're the fruit of the Spirit. By the power of the Holy Spirit, which is what Paul gets into next. Like, what is the power beyond this? The Holy Spirit. Genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God. Set of four. The Holy Spirit produces the fruit, which was listed above. And it's shown the thing that sums it all up the Christian character, what the Holy Spirit produces. The test of genuineness is love genuine love. And then love followed very quickly by truth because truthful speech always goes with true love. All in the power of God. And this gets it out of the realm of like, this is just, you know, I worked hard, I did this. But no, this is like spiritual, supernatural. God is at work so that when I stay up working hard, preaching late, the kid gets raised from the dead. With the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left. And if you're thinking here, it's like, this sounds like the armor of God. You're probably right. probably wrote this before the armor of God passage, but he's already thinking about, you know, how do we go to battle the weapons of righteousness of God so that we can stand firm in the evil day against all the wiles of the enemy? And so, which is all showing that the work here... That Paul is doing in beatings, imprisonments, all of that hard stuff is not a work done by his goodness, character, but by God and God's work in us. Which is why the Christian life is a constant reliance on God's power to do all things well. If you don't work out there, I've just got to like go work harder. No, like the thing you have to do is trust harder for God's work and God's righteousness, God's weapons to come through by prayer, by stepping out in faith. Which is how, like, we do, like, the hard things. Paul's, like, listening to all these things, like, this is hard work here. Like, nobody wants to go through a riot. Nobody wants to get beaten up by rods. But stepping out in the power of God, these things can actually be blessings. So we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul's power is the Holy Spirit. And, like, we want to think for a second here, just like, what our Christian ministry might look like. And it might not be like going out and getting beaten for the gospel. Hopefully not. But this might be caring for an aging parent. This might be walking through a marriage that is, that is hard, but, but striving to do the right thing. This might be in whatever you're called to. It might be, you know, helping little kids on Wednesday night try to learn their Bible verses. But in the power of the Holy Spirit, we're called to do the hard things in God's way. Point three, Paul's hope is God's blessing in hardship. I'm just going to read this whole section. Sorry, it's a little small, but uh, verses 8 to 10. Through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise, We are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying. And behold, we live as punished yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing everything. And this is all the difference of like what it looks like to be a faithful Christian and minister on the outside from what's going on in the spiritual reality that will last through honor and dishonor. That's it. I got a new effect. It's cool. Yeah, look at that. Through honor and dishonor. And if you're thinking about like honor and dishonor here, like, like Paul is looking to Christ again, absolutely. Like he is looking to Christ as his leader. Christ who was exalted on the Mount of Transfiguration, but mocked on the cross. Come down and save yourself. Through slander and praise. They said he casts out demons by the prince of demons. And they praised him and said, no one taught like this man. Treated as impostors and yet are true. And Paul, as some people say, like he's not a real apostle, and yet he was. Jesus, like on the cross or going to the cross, they put a crown of thorns, they put a robe on him, a sign that said, King of the Jews, mocked as an imposter, and yet at the same time, this was truly Jesus the King. As unknown, And yet well-known. Jesus had no former majesty that we should look at him. No beauty that we should desire him. And yet he was the very son of God. As dying, behold, we live. Yes, Paul was delivered from death like Jesus Christ who descended to the dead. And on the third day was raised. As punished and yet not killed. So that even if we were to die, Jesus Christ would raise us up. As sorrowful yet always rejoicing, a man of sorrows who rejoiced in the Lord. Now this is like, this is like line, sorrowful yet always rejoicing. Like this really like gets to the Christian life. Like if you're gonna really be, the one song is like, like now I'm happy all the days. Like like it's. Yeah, like like there's a happiness all the time, like always rejoicing, but it doesn't take away like the sorrowful. You look around at the pain of this world, you look around the sin, you like you know, look up statistics on sex trafficking. If you want everyone to be super depressed any day, and and it's like the crushing weight of sin and brokenness, and even in our own lives, the remaining sin, and yet at the same time, always rejoicing. Because in Christ, we always have more than anything in the world, which is what it's going to get to. As poor yet making many rich, the son of a carpenter who gives us the whole world. Blessed are the poor for theirs is, for they shall inherit the earth. And the one who was born in a stable was laying in a manger, the owner of everything. And this is the path to walk in life, the path of Christ, the path of Paul, where the worldly realities of pain and darkness and suffering exist alongside the bright, hot reality, the spiritual reality that no one can take away, the treasure that is laid up in heaven where nothing can can take it away. It's having nothing, yet possessing everything. I, I name this sort of bankrupt, but billionaire, because the truth is, like the richest man in the world, the day he dies, one millisecond after, he has nothing. And the promise for those who are in Christ Jesus is that we will inherit the whole world all things are yours in Christ, Paul Paul tells us in first Corinthians first corinthians three I think, and so the moment when we close our eyes in death, the moment that we pass away, everything belongs. And so, yet, having nothing, so as Paul wanders around, it's like he doesn't have any property whatsoever, and yet he knows that just beyond the veil of physicality, the the spiritual realities, he has all things. It's like people work so hard for like their investments. They're like, man, like, look at this and like, oh, it went up like, it went up by like a half percent yesterday. It's like, oh, cool, oh, it's so cool. It's like, oh no, it's down two percent. Life is terrible. And it's like, look at What looking to spiritual realities of Jesus Christ, where like you could do good and lay it up where the stock market never turns down. And so we're called to walk in the same way. Through honor and dishonor, people will think us silly for believing in a God that created all things, but it doesn't matter because God is praise is the only thing that counts as unknown and yet well known. And it's like thinking this is, you know, Jesus constantly says, like, you know, when you pray, don't stand on the street corner, go to the closet where God sees And like, I know that there are people out here today who are like praying by themselves, going to war against the devil, and I don't see it, other people don't see it, but God sees it. And when God sees it, that is the key thing, because to be known by God is everything. And it's even better reward when you turn away from the vain praise of man, and the kind of self-puffing up that you see everywhere else in the world. It should not be so among you. It's punished, yet not killed. And this is a call to bold living. Punished here is probably like being uh, like scourged. But even if we were to be killed like nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And so if that is true, how much more to be bold in the face of like social pressure? How much more to be bold when we're pressured at work not to be as forward about Jesus as we ought to be? Because nothing can separate us from God's love. As poor and yet making many rich. And it's such a beautiful thing. Like, why, why does Paul say this? It's like, just like Jesus Christ who had nothing, who gave eternal life to the whole world. So Paul, who has nothing, gets to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. To show them the spiritual riches that are far beyond anything in the world. And we have the same opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ. It's like so much better than bitcoin. Like bitcoin enthusiast guy, you know, you meet them occasionally and they're just like, "Oh man, like, look at this like cryptocurrency thing." And I'm, and I'm like I'm skeptical about believing in this thing that's going to be worth billions that is invest that is invisible. But if somebody can be that excited about some invisible, ethereal thing that like exists out there in something, like how much more can we be excited about Jesus Christ, who is the real guy, who walked on the earth, is coming back, who promises all things in himself, the riches of his grace, which will never end. Those Of us who may look like we have nothing, yet possessing everything. Paul's resume is Christ-likeness. Christian life is not like the worldly standards of putting oneself first, adding all sorts of fun things to your bio, but following the path that Christ has laid before us that Paul walked in that path and so we can walk on the same road, counting our sufferings as blessings, knowing that these are this is the way of Christ this is Christ's likeness Paul's power is the Holy Spirit so that So, that this isn't something we just like strive like, go do this, but we actually rest and trust in God for His power to enter into every hard situation. And Paul's hope is blessing in hardship. So, he can see through the pain of present realities to to the spiritual blessings that are real and. And exist, and we get little glimpses of, as we follow, like like Christian like the hardened is hardship. We get little glimpses of, which are down payments for the full reality which we will receive. And so, for us, we must understand that hardship is Christ likeness. Since Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. Now, it doesn't make hardship less hard. That's why it's called hardship. Like, it's not a cakewalk. But it wasn't for Christ either. And by trusting God's power, we can see at least... I don't know the reason for this present suffering, but I know the one who walked through it and is with me and is interceding for me at the right hand of God, and I will trust him. Second, we rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. As I said, trust him, and that's just like trusting him. And his gifts that he gives. And so the blessing of the fruit of the spirit. The the blessing of the spiritual power. The armor of God. Which is ours in Christ Jesus. To defeat the powers of the enemy. The lust of the flesh. And the world that is allied against us. And finally we can see God's blessing in hardship. And know that even the bankrupt penniless can be a billionaire in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for your faithfulness. I pray that we would look after the example of Christ as Paul looks after the example of him, that we would walk in those steps, that we would feel the great blessing and encouragement of being able to look to Christ even when it's hard, knowing you walked before us. Be with us, Lord. May we do this by the power of your Spirit and not anything less, for your glory and honor and power. In Jesus' name, amen.